Hey everyone, Natalie here. I was recently invited to be a guest on local Soul Ascend podcast. Jen and Megan focus on serious success manifesting. It was such a fun discussion. We thought we would dual release it. Enjoy. Welcome to the Soul Ascend podcast with your hosts, Meg and Jen. We're going to help you mega manifest and generate your soul's highest ascension in business, relationships, spirituality, money, and health. Welcome, and let's dive in. Hey, 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 Jen. Good morning. Good morning, Meg. What's going on? Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to continue this series on connection and live events, and we have an awesome guest today. We do, but it's a little different setup, isn't it? I've got a palm tree and you've got snow. I know. You're all the way in Florida. Shame <laughs> on you. It's 82 <laughs> degrees, baby. 82 degrees. Sorry, Idaho. <laughs> it is still snowing. Tomorrow is April 1st and it is still snowing. It's like the biggest April Fool's joke. It's true. I'm not coming back. There's the April Fool's. <laughs> I miss you. I miss you too, but I'm glad we're connecting here today. And I'm so excited to introduce our community to Natalie. Yeah. So Natalie is the creative director and owner of Hello Meridian, which is based on community building through influencer marketing. Natalie, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. This is fun. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to try to navigate uh, us being in three different Homes. (laughs) Homes. <laughs> I know. I'm really jealous here in Florida. I mean, I it feels like the longest Idaho winter that's ever been. I mean, it's been it's just been a really long time. Long Natalie, long time. how long have you lived in Idaho? Um, 13 years. This time I did um go to college for a little bit here. Um, and I grew up in Spokane, so we spent lots of time in northern Idaho. Okay. I, I, I'm really curious, you know, Natalie, we were saying a little bit of this off camera, but before we dive in, you know, it's really interesting to me because I was having a conversation with another one of our friends recently, and it was this conversation around the tech, the technology that's shifting and how it's influencing how we're connecting, how we're being in community. And you've built such a connected community in the Treasure Valley that our intention today was really to talk about how you see yourself integrating your business models of building community locally, hosting events, and how that's going to integrate into the new technology, and then how to actually create those in-person live connections in a heart-to-heart way. And so that's going to be really the focus of our conversation today, because you've done such a beautiful job. And I know Megan and I are just really dying to know how you did that and where you started. Thank you. Yeah, that's exciting. I mean, I love talking about this stuff. I'm actually writing a book about this um, right now about, um, kind of the process and where social media has gone. Um, I started monetizing social media 16 years ago and really people started doing it for the first time 17 years ago. So it's been fascinating to kind of be, um, on that ground floor and then watch what's happened so catastrophically fast. I mean, it's just, it's just a blink of an eye, um, for humanity. You know, we've done this, we've spoken the same way forever. And then, you know, we get a printing press and then it's basically that until the internet just implodes everything. And now we're just basically catching up and coping and figuring out how this is, this is supposed to work. Yeah. I feel like everything is changing so fast that 
you know, at least for me, I can't speak for Jen, but for me, it gives me a lot of anxiety feeling like I have to catch up with the latest trends and the algorithms. And do I post on Instagram? Do I do a story? Do I do a post? Do I go on YouTube? What do I do? And I know a lot of our community also feels that way. Like they have to have a master's degree in social media trends to be able to actually make an imprint Mm -hmm. in their community. So if you wouldn't mind, would you share with us how do you create a sustainable business of influence without having to feel that constant hamster wheel of overwhelm through the social media and the technology that we're living in? Well, I don't know if you're really able to escape the overwhelm just in general. Um, I look at it very different than anyone I know, um, which I think if I looked at it differently, I might make more money. Um, but from the very beginning, I was one of the first mommy bloggers. Like I had, I was a Huggies blogger. Like I was sponsored very, very um, early and I had you know just had a baby and I started blogging and um, blogging was new and I was losing my mind. Just like having kids is just not what I expected. So I just started writing about it and it, it didn't dawn on me to hold things back or to be like embarrassed by my struggles. And then I also shared, you know, my joy. And, um, what I found was that when you have a level of vulnerability and your focus is value-based instead of trending-based, then it's maybe a slower burn, but it's so much more impactful and, and, um, and powerful and meaningful and lasting. And, and that's one of the things that's, I am obsessed with trends on, on, on social media, but not the trends you probably think. Um, I don't care what sound is doing. Cool. I might use it every once in a while, but it's like, oh, that's, that's fine. But like, it's the, it's the trends of who is making an impact. How are they making an impact? How are they speaking? How are they connecting? Um, and that, but people are so focused, so close up on these individual, will this go viral? Will this work today? Which makes no sense because in one week, no one will remember what you did. Like no one, no one cares. It's the long-term plan that people are going to start to resonate with. And so that's how I've gone about it. I've been doing Hello Meridian for seven years. Um, and just from the beginning, it's been value driven and what's valuable for my community, not what's entertaining for my community. Um, and also what's valuable for me to share what's fun. What do I want to talk about instead of what pandering to exactly what my audience wants? That's, it's not about what my audience wants. It's giving what I find is valuable. And then my audience comes to me. Um, and so that takes the stress out of so much because I don't have to question what they want or what the trends are saying. I'm questioning what I want. What do I want to say? What do I want to build? Mm-hmm. I, I love, love that. that so much. And this is something that, you know, in our programs, Jen speaks to a lot, which is values. And I think so often business owners miss getting really clear on what their intrinsic values are. And that's when they start to jump on the bandwagon of, okay, what are the latest trends? How do I 
create a voice in this conversation, which, yeah, it might get a lot of likes overnight, but is that also creating a community of people who know, love, and trust you? Yeah, that's where the values comes from. And that's why you have such a great influence is because you're values based. Yeah, you you can't be afraid of like, like I posted something yesterday that I knew wasn't going to perform great. I went to a really great book club called the band book club, the Boise band book club, which I love. Um, I didn't know um, about their values and I thought the values were so cool. Um, but I had a sponsor post that needed to go today. And I was like, I got to post it tonight because I want that there. I want that out. I want that message. And I, I put it together and, you know, I, I'm, I know the things pretty well, what's going to do well, what's not going to do well, but likes and views is not success. It's um, that's fun. Um, but it's what, what is this as part of the story? as part of like the story of, of what I'm trying to tell for, for my part in the community and what I think is beautiful. And so I'm not stressing out that it's not going to perform well. Cause um, it doesn't have a, it's not sexy and it's not about food and um, which, you know, that, that's always going to be, I mean, foods, that's, that's where it's at. Um, and that's okay. Like I, I'm not, that's not a pressure I put on myself because um, success is my definition, not, not what, what a platform is going to tell me is successful. Yeah. If you don't mind, I'm going to, I'm going to interject something a little bit different that okay. I'd like to ask you about. So for me, I, I do speak into values quite, quite frequently in our programs, but Natalie, what are your values? My values just in general. Yeah. Um, I think my number one value is that we, see each other as people um, and the deep, developed, complex people that we are and to remove ourselves from constructs that simplify our world. Um, I think with the internet and with, I say a lot, my big term is the global consciousness. We do not understand what it is doing to our minds to be connected to every person, every troll, every piece of news, and so I think we're going into a place of massive anxiety and depression because our brains have not developed enough to handle this. So what we're doing to cope is that we're simplifying our worlds as much as possible. So we will use very basic terms of, um, you know, sexuality or politics or religion or whatever to define people. And that's all they are. And my, value my, if I can do anything for my family, for myself and for my community is to rise above that simplification so that we continue to be kind, loving humans. Um, and that we, we won't lose those tools of connection and communication. I'd say that's my number one, um, value set. Well, and I, one of the reasons why I wanted to ask you that is because you know, for, for me, as I'm looking at, you know, some of the ways that you, you know, show up on social media, you know, you, you've posted and you've been very open about leaving organized religion. And Mm -hmm. when you back into your values, it makes perfect sense because, you know, you believe in expansiveness, you believe in self-sovereignty and thinking outside of constructs. So Mm -hmm. is that the number one reason why you decided to leave organized religion? I left organized religion because um, I couldn't, I couldn't unsee or ignore the red flags anymore. Um, 
there were so many reasons. Um, I, I really only had two reasons to be religious and that was to figure out how the universe worked um, and like how to be a good person. And I realized in, in what I was, what I was working with that it answered neither of those things. Um, and so it was a big old waste of time, but, um, I mean, it wasn't a waste of time. I learned many things and I, I grew in community. Um, but what I realized is that I was kind of happy instead of joyful. And, um, I was never comfortable in organized religion. I was always that person who was like, I'm sorry, are you a man talking to me this way? Like, no, no, we're not going to do that. I mean, since I was a small child, um, and then, um, I just realized this is not what I want for my family. This is not what I want for me. And um, yeah, deconstruction is a, it's a, it's a bitch, but it's uh, beautiful. Um, but yeah, like I want to do what's good and, and kind. And I was seeing the opposite um, so often. So yeah. thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's really important for our audience to hear from women that, you know, break down those constructs and redefine them for themselves. And it goes right in line to how you've built your community, right? It's based on what you know is good for you, what you know is good for your audience, what you feel is important, not what society is telling you to conform to with the algorithm it's performing. And mm-hmm. I think there's a parallel there. And that's why I wanted to bring it up because if women in business can really tap in, and we talk about this all the time, Natalie is tapping into their values to create uniqueness and individuality so that their brand and their business can grow in a value-driven way. That's the way to sustainable success, not conforming or performing to a standard that, you know, is quite frankly kind of gross. And, you know, I think that the reason, one of the reasons Megan and I wanted to interview you is because you really do stand for that self-sovereignty. And that is part of the values we have in our business. And what we really want to press upon women is to really step into that powerfully. So thank you for sharing that. It's really important. Um, I like what you said also, like not, um, not moving with the algorithm, because the thing is, is like as women, um, sometimes I feel like we kind of mold ourselves to kind of fit and, and watching this social media force that is infuriating because I'm like, oh, I've got to be this way because the algorithm. And I'm like, who's the, who the hell is the algorithm? Like, what does the <laughs> algorithm represent? I'm like, I don't care. Like, of course we, we don't own our platforms. Like Instagram could kick me off in a second. Um, but at the same time, like we, if we don't have autonomy in, on those platforms, then we are, we are not ourselves. We are just pandering to whatever, whatever movement and trend is happening. And then, and then who are we? We have no idea. We're just, we're just, we're just the algorithms, bitch. <laughs> and I don't want to do that. <laughs> the algorithm is a bully. Yeah. It's a bully. Um, unfortunately, the algorithm does literally run the world we're in. Um, and, and so that it's complicated because it's infuriating. I want to shut down social media every day, but what do you do? This is how we connect with each other. So, <laughs> but, but Natalie, it's also a huge platform for you and you've built a large audience through it. And so I think this is really inspiring because we're sharing how the algorithm can really affect and influence people in a negative way, but you're also using it for good. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you're the only one. I follow quite a few women who I really feel aligned with because of the values 
not because of the head turning headliner that's going to, you know, change the algorithm and work with the algorithm, but it's really because of values, right? So if you wouldn't mind, I would love to switch gears a little bit and share with our audience maybe a couple of steps that helped you build such a large and trusted community. I think values is probably a big piece and way that we can start this. But for someone who's listening and they're like, yes, I totally agree with everything that you're saying, Natalie. And I also want to be able to build a community that you've built and have people really trust me because they're aligned in values. Where do I begin? Could, would you mind sharing a couple of nuggets of gold? <laughs> sure. I mean, I could try. Well, I would say one is to really understand that the unique thing that you offer is going to resonate with people. Um, that you people doubt themselves all the time. Like, I'm not that interesting or I don't have much to say. And um, I was at... Um, this conference, oh, I'm forgetting his name, the guy who does the blog, um, wait, but why? Um, but he was talking about how, like for him, he just knew that he needed to find like a thousand other people who were, who were similar to him and they would resonate with him and then speak to them. And I think so often people feel like they have to speak to everyone. And like, at, because we have a fear, which is a valid fear of mean people and trolls, like people are mean um, so one thing is to, to just go in understanding that is something you're going to have to deal with. You're going to have to deal with people who don't like what you do. If you can't handle that, social media might not be the place for you, honestly. Or hire somebody to be the face of your company that's not you. Um, but then to really trust that like the, the quirky, vulnerable parts of yourself will bring out that and connect you to other people and to not push that aside of thinking, oh, I need such a curated vision. I mean, I'll spend all day on my hair and my makeup and I focus on my clothes. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, we're all vain in some way, but like there are parts of me that are, that aren't perfect and that are not um, curated and that are rough and still developing. And when I share those things, then people connect with me as a real human, um, and, and it connection and community is built one, one person at a time. You know, it's, it's not a fast process. It's gaining trust, um, that you want what's good for them and that you're, you're expecting them to want good for you. And if they don't want good for you, then you kick them out of your community. That's also important to just get rid of people who are, are, are not playing nicely. That was kind of like all over the place, but. <laughs> no, thank you. I. I find I, I, that's interesting. I, I can, can I push on that button a little bit? Yeah. I like that you said that, um, for me, that speaks to boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you say kick someone out of your community, I really like to lean into this for a second. What do you mean by that? Well, if somebody comes on the attack, like, oh, so a social media page is not a democracy. Like, you are not, you have no ownership on my page. You are invited. You came to me. You are invited to, to be part of this if you play nicely and kindly. Now, there are people who don't like what I do and they'll comment and like, that's fine. Um, but if you, there, I have like rules. If you are hateful to others, like if you are hateful to a community or group of people, 
I'm not going to let you be part of my community because you have not earned the right. Um, you have to have a level of self control and kindness to be present. Now there's some people who I'll just, um, there's some people I'll just block and that's like racism, sexism. Uh, if you send me a dick pic, um, <laughs> you know, there's certain things. Does that happen? All the time. What? All the time. Well, it, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> um, so like there's things I'll block for, but then there's people who, um, they are like, they'll, I, 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 I want to accept people for who they are and meet them where they're at. And that's hard in Idaho, especially with like sexuality. Like I have a lot of gay friends and they're perfect as exactly as they are. People do not like that sentiment. They do not want to hear someone in Idaho saying, I accept you exactly as you are. They don't like that. So then there's some people who I know that they're like nice people, but that they're so they are so closed in with whatever indoctrination that they've had. They can't get out of that. So I might just restrict them, which means that their, their comment won't show up. And then I'll okay it if it's, if it's not trying to pick at, you know, this other part of our community that's welcome and valid and, and lovely. I don't want, um, I just don't want attacking on that. Yeah. Um, and then some people I'll just like, just block because they are just, um, mostly just hateful, like, or repeatedly I'll say, Hey, you know, if, if you just, if you can't calm down on this issue that has nothing to do with this restaurant I'm at, like maybe you should just go or, or if it's easier, I'll just, I'll just say goodbye, <laughs> take you up. And I love that you're saying that Natalie, because I think sometimes women especially feel guilty for like not being nice. Right. Like I think that sometimes women feel like we have to just, hold space for people, even if they're angry or hateful, or we can't block them, or we don't have permission to do that because we're always trying to people please. And so I think that, you know, you sharing, that's really important because the platforms are our platforms and how we want to be represented. Mm -hmm. So I think that it, I, the reason I wanted to push on that is because I've, I've heard people from our community even saying to us, wow, um, I feel really guilty if I block that person and I don't let them see our stories or I don't let them see this and are they going to take it personally? And so I love that you really gave that recommendation. Thank you. Well, I would say if you're struggling with that guilt and I have a big thing on guilt, guilt has to be received. I don't receive guilt. Like I push it back. I mean, there's some things that I, you know, if I'm really mean to my husband, I might feel guilty about it, but like, I don't want, I'm not going to take on mom guilt. I'm not going to take on this weird woman guilt. If you're feeling guilty because, and somebody is not showing you respect, they're not feeling guilt for that. They're not feeling guilt for the way they're treating you. If they aren't feeling guilt for treating you poorly, why on earth would you feel guilt removing yourself from that vicinity? That makes no sense. Um, so I don't feel any guilt. Return to sender. Return to sender. A lot of really great <laughs> free product. I mean, free content. I give a lot of free, valuable content. And if, if they can't see that and appreciate that, well, who cares? And I love it when my numbers drop after a certain post, because I realize <laughs> that I'm curating, um, a healthy community and let's get rid of people who, you know, didn't like that. I was at, at tree fort, you know, because it's too, whatever they're saying, you know, like, okay, bye. I don't need <laughs> you here. It's fine. Love that. Well, and it becomes toxic too. So, you know, in our pursuit to people, please, and 
essentially hold space for people who we do not align with in values, that is taking up energetic bandwidth. And I see it happen all the time with our community because they are heart-centered. They want to be able to make an impact. They want to help all people. But in the helping all people, you end up calling in people who might be toxic for your community. And so them unsubscribing and unfollowing you is actually doing you a favor because it means that you can put the bandwidth into the people who really deserve your trust. And we have no tolerance for that type of toxicity. So one of the things that I'm doing on my page is very experimental and people, and it, it jars people. And I understand that. And that's part of, cause I'm writing a book about social media. So I'm, I, I'm interested in certain things, but I'm, I'm, fascinated by the social media echo chamber that has been created by the algorithm, which is basically the algorithm will give you what you want to see because it keeps you there longer. So what happens is that you are not aware of the reality at all. You are scrolling and scrolling out. I will sometimes take my friend's phones. Um, and I, I learn so much of scrolling in like three minutes of what they believe, what they, what they want. Um, I used to run 12 pages and I ran them all as just, just as an experiment on the side, I would scroll. Um, and one of my personas was like super religious. One was super conservative. One was super liberal. One was super, and like one, one by persona. And I'm just thinking in my mind, if I was, if I was very interested in fashion and I watched the, the, what the, um, algorithm was feeding me. And what's happening is that we are completely oblivious to what the world's actually like because the algorithm wants you to stay. So what I've tried to create on Hello Meridian is very jarring for people because they are there for the intention of learning about um, their city. But I'm not a local page anymore. The first two years, no one knew who ran the page. And then I changed it for this reason. Um they want to see about their city. And then all of a sudden they're like, whoa, wait, 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 wait. Like, I'm not okay hearing about the fact that you are trying to become a more equitable um, marriage. Like, I don't want that. That makes me feel uncomfortable um, because the algorithm is sending what they want. And then they're seeing something they're not used to, um, which used to be just humanity and knowing people and dealing with <laughs> differences. Um, so I know that my page can be triggering to people because they're there to see where to go to coffee. And then they're going to watch me, um, on my podcast, um, interview someone who maybe they don't like their thoughts and they struggle with that. And that's okay. Like it's okay to, to, um, to have, um, to have that be a problem and, and have that be something you have to deal with. I follow a lot of pages I don't agree with. I don't agree with what they're saying, um, but I want to know. I need to be challenged. I need to question constantly, but people have lost that ability. So that's one of the reasons I don't just block everyone is because I understand I'm I'm causing some internal conflict and, and that's okay because that's part of my mission. So it works out. <laughs> I love that you said that. I... I think the more that we can be open to other perspectives and views and actually be open-minded, you know, as someone who, you know, might have an audience or be of quote unquote influence, I think that is the part of us really healing and coming together as a human soul to soul. So thank you for sharing that. 
So Natalie, if you don't mind, can we quantify a little bit just so we can get this kind of just niche down a little bit more into these steps? Because I think it's some, you have some really beautiful takeaways and I'd love to ask your help in just kind of breaking down those steps into how you've built a really connected community. So the first thing, and Megan, maybe you can help me here too. The first thing that really hit me was the values. And I think um, as you were talking about how to really speak to your values when you're building your community is going to curate the type of person that is going to be the long-term client that is going to be on your subscriptions, that is going to be part of your community and is going to stay. So number one would be values. And then number two, I actually heard you say, don't, don't be afraid to curate it by blocking people that are not aligned with your values yet also be open to having uncomfortable conversations so that you can challenge those constructs and be a part of the solution. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and then the last thing I really heard you say today was that, you know, in order for you to have a strong stance in the community, you have to be able to be willing to be disliked Mm -hmm. and to challenge things so that you can be seen as a thought leader versus maybe someone that's just considered, you know, a social media star. Sure. Is there anything I missed that you'd like to add to that? Or Megan, can you help me fill in the gaps? Well, I guess I would ask who are we speaking to, like as a business owner or just trying to build community Um, specifically. So um, what I sell is very different than like selling like one product because what I sell is also my influence. Um, So a lot of times brands like, I'm very open in a, if a brand likes what I do, then they're going to, they're going to get a lot of success from, from working for me because I do have a lot of a, a loyal following. Um, but one thing I would say that I've, I've noticed um, with women business owners sometimes is like, I am not competitive. Like I'm just not competitive. I don't have time to look around and see what everyone else is doing. Like who has time for that? Um, and so my group of people who do what I do, who, who are in marketing, who are influencing, who are in, um, in, um, content creation, I invest deeply in their success as well. I am very interested, um, in, in, because the coolest part of all of this is your friend base. Like there's nothing cooler than being an entrepreneur because you're like, Oh my gosh, everyone's cool. Everyone's interesting. me, that's like, I, I mean, yeah, I can make a lot more money just going and working for like a national company, but like, I don't want to, I mean, office people are great, but like entrepreneurs are where it's at. And so I have spent years proving that when I say collaboration, I am as interested in you and your success as in how it makes me successful. And I think you can see really quickly when people come in to the door that they're, they're you know, they're they're worried someone's going to take their work or um, they don't get that. And some people never will. Some people are just not that way. And there are some people who aren't that way in my community. And we're just, we don't, we're just not friends. We work well together, but we probably won't be individual friends. Um, And then I show um, those people like my vulnerability. They know I'm a total disaster. Like the people I work with, on a regular basis are like powerhouses. And I'm like, I am losing my mind. I don't know what's happening. And they watch that and then they respond in kind. And then we're like, oh, do we just become best friends? Cool. What project can we do together? Um, but a lot of people, well, this is kind of pity. This is a little bit, I, I, I saw something on a local networking group. I'm not part of any networking groups 
in the area, but I like flit around just because I like to see what's going on. And someone brought up like, I just feel like this is high school and there's no seat left at the table. And I didn't say anything, but I was like, here's the thing. This is not high school. No one is sitting at a table looking at each other's outfits. The people who you're looking at are not sitting. It's not high school. We are business women and we are running the marathon of our lives. The reason that we connect with other people is because they're keeping pace with us. And we're like, why the hell are you running so fast? Like, what's wrong with you? Is it the same thing that's wrong with me? And then as you're running and you're dealing with your trauma and your manic behavior, you're connecting. And so what people are seeing is this, they are still in this high school mentality. It doesn't exist. If you're still in a high school mentality, you're not going to be successful. You're not going to be collaborative and you're going to be frustrated all the time. We don't say to men, this is such a high school mentality because they wouldn't allow it. Like, so we need to stop saying those kind of things and understand what the reality is. Just, you got to run fast and then you're going to keep pace. And it might not be with the people you thought you were going to keep pace with. And that's okay. Run fast and figure out who you do keep pace with. And then invite them to run with you and share your like trauma and, and talk about your goals. And then you start getting this running group. But um, I think so many people come in um, hurting themselves because they haven't dealt with some of their, their issues with being a woman and dealing with other women. And that's just going to continue to hurt themselves. So <laughs> there's a little rant on that. I <laughs> love Love this conversation. I can hear Jen thinking loudly, <laughs> but I I love, I just want to reiterate. I love that you said, you know, you know, create your running group, like just run fast. And that really is a metaphor for bringing your seat to the table because the competition that, that high school bullshit, that's all scarcity. Yeah. If you fe- <laughs> feel like you have to compare yourself to what other women or other, you know, quote unquote competitors are doing in the industry. Well, that's, that's all scarcity mentality, right? There is more than enough success to go around, especially if you're looking to build a local community, partner up with them. And that literally, Natalie, is part of our framework is Mm -hmm. we all get visible by locking arms together, right? Instead of feeling like you have to be better than the woman next to you. So thank you for that metaphor. I've never heard anybody share that. And it makes a lot of sense. I just have one thing to say about that too. And, you know, Megan and I are all about connection and love and support and all the juicy, fun things that women get to do together. But at the same time, at the same time, I really want women to step into this powerful role Mm -hmm. of how to be in community with other women. That's not always watery and emotional and step into the role like you're talking about where you're locking arms as business women and learn how to be in that space together where you're powerful and you're sharing intelligent information as strong business women that have very successful businesses. And I think sometimes, sometimes when women get in that space, they pull back and they go back to the softer spot because that feels where we should belong. Whereas I love what you're saying, Natalie, the way you're framing it, because it's the way that I run, right? I run fast. I run hard. And I like to lock arms with women that can do that, but that also can be there to catch me when I fall. Mm -hmm. 
And so what you're saying, I think was a great analogy for that piece of how women can connect, not just on the spiritual, not just on the emotional, not just on the heart to heart, but in an intelligent room and in a boardroom where we can get shit done. And so I really thank you for saying that. And in the way that you framed it, I really appreciate that. I agree what you said with that. Like a lot of people will say things like, you know, if you really accept me and my vulnerability, you can see my strengths and I'll share you my strengths. Um, I mean, if you see my strengths, I'll show you my vulnerability. Okay. So for me, if you don't, if you don't accept me for like the badass that I am and you're not into my success and like, or not, you don't have to be into my success, but if you're not like accepting like the intelligent business-minded person that I am, I'll probably not feel comfortable being vulnerable. And sometimes I feel like people just come with like all this vulnerability which is fine. I'm very uncomfortable with that. Like if I go into a room and it's a bunch of women like tearing up and like just straight up, like just all the emotions, I want to go next door to the men's meeting. And that's, and I don't want that because I like connecting with other women, but I do notice most of my partnerships are with men because I understand, um, we might go get drinks and then like, you know, we're all like marriage is crazy and blah, blah, you know, we'll get there. But we start out in a place of like strength and we're just getting shit done because I don't have time to like, I, I I have a lot going on. I got a family. I got stuff to do. So like, um, that's one reason I don't actually belong to any um, networking groups because I don't want to invest in like a, um, where I have to take on someone else's emotional stuff unless they're like my best friend, but I will definitely let's invest in our businesses together and let, let me hear about what you're doing. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited about that. But, um, my softer, quieter side, um, I might share that and it's dispersed over my entire community, but one-on-one I probably won't do that as often. Cause I'm more interested in like growth minds and what are we going to get done? So Natalie, if you wouldn't mind shifting gears as we wrap up this interview, although I don't want to stop talking to you because <laughs> I want to ask you so many different things, but all good things must come to an end. <laughs> I We do this thing where we really like this podcast to be interactive and you have shared so much wisdom in our time together. And we really want to be able to help our audience, not just absorb what you've shared, but also implement some of the nuggets of gold that you've been able to share with us. Mm -hmm. So we do this thing called a soul assignment, which is essentially an action step for our audience to be able to take away what they've learned with you into their real lives and into their business. So maybe you can help us co-create a soul assignment or an action step coming out of this conversation around, you know, building a community based on values and truly being yourself, not afraid to, you know, say the things and, you know, maybe trigger some of the trolls, but actually do it in an authentic way. So what would be a great soul assignment or action step coming out of this conversation? Well, I would say to really be, to really get in touch with with what it is you want to give to the world permanently. What is going to be your legacy? What, how are you, how do you want people to feel? How do you want, when people are in your vicinity or on your page, what do you want them to take that is truly valuable? Um, and then start there and then let other things pepper it. Like 
trending things or branding colors um, or collaborations, whatever it is, but everything is in this core of, I can cause ripples of goodness, of kindness, of value, whatever yours are, of strength, of community, of, um, of a um, removing yourself from toxicity, whatever it is. Because in the end, everyone's really just interested in themselves and everyone's interested in how you make them feel. It's not about me. I'm not popular on social media. I'm not. I just, people like the way they feel or they like what they learn on my page. And to separate yourself from that and realize like um, that when you're value driven, then people will come to you. You don't have to advertise it and it might be slow. Um, And then I would say also, um, to have just like extreme boundaries on that, that is just one small element of your life and that there, why are you doing this? I know why I'm doing it is because I want to feel like I'm, I'm, I'm helping my community be kinder and I want to make money for my family and I want to travel and I want to spend time with my family. And so to not be so focused on the mission of this, this random little place we live on social media, and then to set it aside and have, and be able to say no to anything that does not exactly fit your value set. Is it valuable? Does it make me money? Um, you know, if not, then yeah, I love that for you, but you know, maybe connect them to someone else and just protect your, protect yourself as much as you would protect your brand. I guess I would say. Mm. Beautiful. All that. Thank you. Thank you. This is fun. <laughs> Great. Thanks for coming on. And we can't wait for your book. I'm excited. You know what? This is that is a long-term thing. Like <laughs> I just I'm a writer that just happened to randomly be go, go in social media. So I just started it um, uh, you know, last well, earlier this year. But I'm doing that for me um because. I need, I want to, there's what, there was intention for all of this and now I need it to manifest. Um, and I, but I'm not making any promises that I'll even put it out there. Like, this is just my, this is my art and I, um, it helps narrow my intentionality. So I hope it comes out. We'll see. Um, but it might be a few years down the road before I'm like, yeah, it's ready, but, but I need to read yours. Cause that sounds amazing. Yeah, Megan has a great book too. Oh, really? What's your book? Uh, Soul Success, Stories and Lessons of Women Who Turned Piles of Shit into Nuggets of Gold. That's amazing. <laughs> I need to a lot. Like I need a whole book club on that book. <laughs> <laughs> Jen's a contributor. Her chapters. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. You know, it's weird. I want to write a whole book with chat. What is it called? G. G- what is it? Chat GPT. Yes, I can never say it. I want to do a book about that, but written by it. Or <laughs> well, what this new thing is, and then at the end say, actually, this was completely written by this program <laughs> because that is going to destroy us all, and it's utter terror. But I'm like, Agreed. I'm just gonna let it write a whole chapter and see. Uh, yeah, I had it write a, a an apology letter to my husband just to see, and it was awesome. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> taking over, but. You know, what do you do? That letter. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, Natalie, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time and for all of your wisdom. We can't wait to, uh, you know, see how this really lands and read all the comments from our listeners. But thank you again. And uh, the suspense will be killing us for your book. So yeah, well, you have funny. And I'm excited to see some of your live uh, events. I know people are really excited for those. So they look like they're, they're a lot of fun. So, you know, congrats on that as well. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate that. All right. See ya.